0: It's a true story. True story. Of seven strangers.
1: Picked to live in a loft.
0: And find out what happens.
1: When people stop being polite.
0: Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world has reunited. We're back.
1: Welcome back, everybody.
0: It's episode two of The Real World Homecoming. I'm Stacy.
1: And I am Pete. This episode is titled, The More Things Change.
0: Oh.
1: Episode two.
0: Now, last week, the episode and my emotions were all over the place. Yeah. You know, and it was really just about acclimating to the roommates being back in the loft. They're back on our TVs. I was, as I said before, I was sobbing through most of the episode. You were. (laughs) (laughs) and just so happy. It was happy tears, sad tears, just all of it.
1: It was cool to get them back in our lives.
0: Absolutely. And then...
1: This week was more of an episode.
0: Yes. I don't think that I shed any tears this episode.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't. I don't remember you having any.
0: I feel like they started to go to work. They did, yeah. They had conversations and they, you know, shared a little bit more about what's been going on in their lives since they left the show.
1: I did get a little, not emotional, but I felt really bad for Eric because they started out with him. Yes. And it's his COVID test. He's hoping to get maybe a negative test.
0: Right. They're all there waiting. They are. And unfortunately, it
1: was a positive test still.
0: And they're all just so disappointed. But, you know, he's handling it well. He is. And they're including him as much as they can.
1: It's just a bummer that he can't be in there with them. For yeah. this For this in particular. Right. You know? I almost just would have delayed it a couple weeks. I but know. I know they probably can't because of the space or something.
0: That and maybe just commitments that the others had. Yeah. But he's handling it really well, though. He's turning it into a positive.
1: He is. I like that they came into this episode with, like, a shot of, Eric back in the day on his blades. Yes. Blading through New York City. Yeah. More like, side oh. by
0: sides throughout the episode. Yeah, it, was it was so, so cool. good. Another thing I thought was funny during the testing, Eric was telling them that the gentleman that was there administering the test had asked Eric his name and. Julie's like, who else would that be? My gosh, he's royalty.
1: (laughs) She did call him royalty. That was great.
0: (laughs) And then also really nice that during that part, Heather was talking about how she used to feel about Eric and the stereotypes around him, you know, being a model and Mm -hmm. just having this attitude. And she really struggled with him because she felt like he was really inauthentic back in the day. And I mean, they did eventually bond, but it took longer.
1: It did. Yeah. They and had a good journey on the first show.
0: They did. And now though, you just hear that there's nothing but love between the two of them mm-hmm. and Heather, you know, kind of teared up in her confessional saying like he is like the sweetest person that she knows. Right. And I thought that was really touching. That actually did make me a little a little teary.
1: I was thinking about it, it's like Eric's journey to me is similar to like the situation.
0: Yeah, kind of. You know, of
1: it's like they're from Jersey wild, Shore, if from you don't Jersey know. Shore, yeah. They're wildly different people.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But you know, I guess
1: Eric wasn't as negative of a person as Sitch was. Yeah, he wasn't running
0: around like starting fights or anything.
1: Right. But they're both such positive people now. Yeah. Just from an energy standpoint, a message and the information and feelings that they put out, it's just wildly different than when they first were both on television.
0: It's really nice to see, especially them using the platform that they have.
1: Yeah, for good. For good, yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So on to the show, just the normal roommate loft antics. Norman Shower is messed up.
1: That was so funny.
0: (laughs) The shower head was like squirting up. So it would like go in his face.
1: Well, there was a slice in one of the tubes. Right. And the shower head was firing straight (laughs) up. So it was like blasting him right in the face. He hops in there and like takes his towel off.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you see Bear Norm ass,
1: Bear Norm ass, as he's getting blasted in the face and like screaming. He's like,
0: "Ooh, ooh!" And Becky, he's yelling for Becky to come help him, <laughs> yeah. and she does.
1: It was really funny. That
0: was good stuff. It and was. he's also already like complaining about the fact that Becky has what they call the executive suite. Yes. she has a really nice bathroom with a tub, and we all know Norman loves a tub. He
1: does love his baths and tubs.
0: He used to do his. Confessionals, his ITMs from the bath. Yeah, you'd see him sitting in the tub with bubbles up on his chest. You know that was Norman, and now he's being deprived of this bathtub by his friend Becky, who they were, you know, the closest. Right.
1: You know what I did hear at that point too? Somebody screamed the F word, and they played it. I was like, oh yeah, we got to hear the F word.
0: Oh yeah, they didn't (laughs) bleep anything out.
1: They didn't bleep anything. I loved it. Sorry, especially
0: not. somebody's tirade later on, yeah. it's definitely not bleeped. It
1: is not bleeped at all. <laughs> that was the that amazing. was the first time I noticed it on there.
0: Yeah, I don't think that they really had any cursing in the first episode. Or if they did, I was just too wound up to notice it.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice any either.
0: Because that was the thing with real world before they would bleep that.
1: They would, yeah. They would, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Even though it was on M T V like you, yeah, didn't, you didn't hear it. And effort. I feel like even still on challenge they bleep it.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: You know? Yeah. I and think that's they're... current. Yeah, That's true. That's true. So now we're on Heather. She's getting ready to go record one of her three radio shows, three
1: radio shows a day.
0: Did she say a day that that she does live? Like, I mean, obviously it's live. It's a radio show. I guess I thought maybe they were podcasts at first, but I did too. I'm just like, what, how do you even, how does she have time? I was thinking about that earlier because if you've never done a podcast, you might not know how much work goes into it. You know, you yeah. have to research, you have to then write out kind of an outline just so you can remember everything you wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And of course you go off page, like you don't just read it word for word, but like you have something to go by. And I'm like, when does she have time to write out what she's going to say during her radio shows?
1: Yeah. Cause one of them is like four hours long or right. something.
0: It's from like, Eight to noon or something.
1: So she's on with Sway in the morning. So I wonder if it's like she just participates on that one and doesn't have to do writing. Oh, so maybe
0: it's just kind of. That's
1: a guess. uh, I don't know. But that's just a guess on that front. But the other two are definitely. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you going to say?
0: I was just going to say maybe that's just. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just like conversation with other people.
1: Yeah. Or somebody else writes the show and she just kind of participates in the conversation. Okay. But the other two are it's like Heather B live. And then Happy Hour with Heather B. So, I mean, those are definitely her shows. Right. It's got to be more than an eight hour a day job, I would assume.
0: For sure. I hope she's raking in that cash. I hope so. I'm sure she is got at this point. And the Happy Hour with Heather B is, I think it's a YouTube show.
1: Yeah, it's like a so video. So she's
0: got to figure all that out as well. Like just setting up everything, making sure she has all her stuff for her cocktails. I think yeah. she cooks as well. And she's coming out with a cooking line and she's got so much going on
1: she's also got to have other people involved like if, for sure yeah if it's a show there's probably people that help her write it or they all participate you know as a group in writing it and deciding what to do getting things ready just for the cooking show it's like getting the ingredients <laughs> you know right. having all that stuff ready
0: but who knows I mean
1: or it could be all her I don't know
0: yeah I mean in the loft I'm sure she can't I don't know if she kind of just didn't do happy hour with Heather B, I know she's doing it. She's talking about it while she's making everybody drinks and stuff. But I don't know if they were actually filming for her YouTube show during that time.
1: I mean, you can do it from a phone. So maybe it's just like, hey, for this week long period, it's going to be a little different.
0: Right. But she would have had to kind of hide where she was at the time because I don't think people knew.
1: Well, they know now. As
0: they were filming, you know. Another thing just that I wanted to add was as Heather's running around getting ready to start her morning show, she's she found herself like. Rhyming, and then she's like, "Ooh, bars," and then she just goes into her flow. <laughs> she did, and everybody's loving it. Yeah, uh, she just is a light.
1: She still got it. She's also got a merch line too.
0: She does, and I want that happy hour hoodie. Yeah,
1: that hoodie look cool. There was also a moment that she shared where Whoopi Goldberg was walking by whatever studio she was in at Sirius and asked to come in. And I guess they had a really good moment together.
0: Yeah, she said she could feel the energy in the room. Yeah, and she wanted to go in and and be a part of that, and that that pretty much changed her life, you know. And then she and Kevin had a really good sit down in one of the bedrooms, Mm -hmm. just talking about where they've come from, what they've done since. Uh, Kevin opened up a little bit about his relationship with Tupac.
1: Yeah, guess they were really
0: good friends.
1: They were, yeah. Like Kevin did at least five interviews with Tupac for articles.
0: Right. I know he did, you know, Vibe Magazine, which is where Kevin worked for a long time. Also for Rolling Stone. Yeah.
1: Huge. I need to go back and read those. Yeah. He opened up about his relationship with his father as well. Right. He said that
0: that was kind of where he and Tupac bonded because they, they related to, and to having that strong female figure in their lives Mm -hmm. and their mothers. He also talked about, The things that we had mentioned in our initial podcast episode covering season one of The Real World when we talked about where they were now is that he's written 14 books. He's 14. Yeah, he's run for Congress twice. He goes around the country lecturing and mentoring, and he's just doing it. He is. I also thought this was cool. At one point, he's just sitting there by himself, and he's talking to a camera operator, and he's Mm -hmm. like, you know... We never had any female camera operators back then. Yeah. there was all men. And she's like, yeah, I know. Did you know the director is also a woman? He's Mm -hmm. like, I did know that. (laughs) He's like, that's how it should be. Should at least be 50-50. Yeah. And I thought that was nice to, it was, you know, more breaking the fourth wall stuff.
1: It was. It was like not really behind the scenes, but kind of behind the scenes, you know? Mm -hmm. It's probably not a moment that he thought about that they were filming.
0: Right. You know, though. One of the things that we talked about a little bit on that initial episode that we did was how season one of The Real World really did break the fourth wall quite a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. because Becky had her fling with one of the producers who lost his job and all of that. But we didn't talk about that final episode where they all went in the control room. Yes, They they took over the control room (laughs) and you got to see all the camera operators and all the
1: directors
0: and everyone, the entire crew. And then the, the roommates were like, Putting on the headphones and taking the cameras around and doing the boom mics and interviewing them, yeah. like the, the crew. And that was really fun.
1: It made me think back then. I was like, I wonder if they ever actually did go back in there or if they kind of forget that those places exist in the loft or if it was like a regular thing. To go in there? Yeah, I just, it felt like that was not regular. Oh,
0: no. Well, because they made it a big deal of getting in because yeah. they were like trying to beat the door down. <laughs> yeah. And then when the door opened, everybody cheered. They were like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like they were storming the gates or something. And that's something I feel like you don't see in later seasons of the real world. Yeah. So back on the conversation with Kevin and Heather in the bedroom, it was really nice to see because... When they were on the show, they weren't that close. They weren't. Heather was saying, you know, people might assume that we would be because we were the two black roommates, but
1: and they were from like the same the
0: same same town. Yeah, in Jersey. Right, but she was like, we had two totally different lives. She's like, I grew up in a two parent household. I went to private school. Mm -hmm. You know, Kevin grew up without his father in his life. Yeah, his father
1: left at like eight when he was eight years old, and his mother raised him.
0: And then. You know, once they got to the loft, like she had just signed a music deal and he was a professor at NYU. Yeah. I think it was NYU. And they just didn't really spend a lot of time together back then. Yeah. So it was cool to see them talking about their family life together and talking about Heather's husband and how Kevin was so happy that Heather had that person in her life.
1: We got to see a picture of Heather with her husband. I think his name is Gray.
0: That's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know she was married, so that was fun to see. And there were a lot of great pictures of both of them growing up with their families and everything. So that was a nice conversation.
1: It was. Then the roommates headed outside. For the first time, I believe, at least on camera.
0: Kevin and Heather had stayed back because they needed to do some work. So Julie, Andre, Becky, and Norman went to the Color Factory.
1: Yeah, they had an exhibit there called The Art of Color. Yeah, it looked
0: like a lot of fun.
1: It did look like a lot of fun. I was like, wow, I want to go check that out.
0: And Norman, while they were there, was talking a lot about just his life being an artist, and also his relationship with Becky. They kind of cut to both of them talking about their friendship and why they had connected so much back then and why they still are great friends now.
1: They had one exhibit there. It was kind of like a choose your own adventure. It was like written out with like a decision to make. Yes. And then if you made one choice, you'd go down this arrow to this other decision. It was this whole room of it. And I was like, wow, I bet you that it's really fun.
0: And one of the ones Norman landed on was... If you could, would you choose to be on a reality show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were cracking up. Also, I had a little bit of a traumatic memory brought back to me as mm-hmm. they were jumping into a ball pit.
1: What was your traumatic memory?
0: You don't remember my story about how my pink jellies got
1: stolen? Oh, that's right. Stolen? They got stolen at
0: Chuck- not- ch- Oh, it was oh, Chuck E. Cheese. No, it was back when it was still Showbiz Pizza Showbiz place. Pizza, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your
1: poor jellies.
0: I was so upset. If you haven't listened to our birthday extravaganza episode, you should go give that a listen.
1: Such a traumatic story. Poor little kid. <laughs> but I loved that ball pit in this episode. It was like that whole room was this one color and it was like this really light sky blue or something like that. It, mm-hmm. it just looked really calming and I was fun. wondering
0: if it was sky blue or if it was all white, but the lighting was blue. So it made it look like
1: that. No, because, well, unless lighting was everywhere, because you could see that the ball color was consistent. Oh, okay. So I think everything was that blue color, but I could be wrong. So that was the end of the art exhibit. I was thinking about art exhibits like that. I feel like you have to go to a big city to experience anything, even remotely close to that. I've never seen anything like that in, say, Chattanooga.
0: I mean, we have the Creative Discovery Museum.
1: Oh, well. I guess you're right. But I'll I shut haven't... my face.
0: <laughs> shut your face.
1: <laughs> Just shut your face.
0: I haven't been there, though, since I was a kid, so I don't know if it's still great or it, maybe it's exactly the same as it was then. I don't.
1: I haven't been back there in quite a while, but it was pretty incredible when I went there, and I'd completely forgotten about it, so I rescind that comment.
0: Shame. Shame.
1: Ding, ding. <laughs> so we cut over to Eric, who's, of course, by himself somewhere
0: in, in his a hotel room. hotel
1: room. Poor guy. He has and... a
0: slight... Temp.
1: Slight temp. He's at like
0: 99. 99.2 or something. Yeah. So he decides that he wants to try to freeze out the COVID. sickness. Yes. <laughs> and so he, he says he's never done a cold plunge before.
1: Which is surprising to me. Yeah, me too. Like I've done a cold plunge before.
0: So he fills his bathtub up with ice Yeah, and then we watch him get in and he just tries to go to a good place in his mind.
1: That It's difficult. Have you ever done, I mean, I'm sure not a full body one, but have you ever done just like a body part in ice?
0: Uh, yeah, I have done my feet.
1: Do you find it excruciatingly painful? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time getting in there.
0: Listen, I was always the first person that would get in our pool as a child because I couldn't wait. Right. We would open it in like April, which we would still have cold days in April. But I was determined. And my parents would be like, it's up to you if you're ready. I'm like, I'm ready. And it was awful. It
1: was. I remember at my dad's house, we couldn't open until the end of May. And it would open at like 61, 62, something like mm-hmm. that. And it was painful.
0: But I would suffer through until I got used to it. <laughs> and then I'd be in there. Which
1: is possible up to a point. I think like yeah. you can only spend- I
0: mean, uh, you know, icicles weren't growing minutes. off my nose or anything, but yeah. it was just uncomfortable. Right.
1: All right. So back to Eric. He does his cold plunge and he's talking about how he needs to build a relationship with COVID <laughs> is what he says. Right. And I was like, Okay.
0: <laughs> That's how you want to look at it.
1: That is an interesting take on what to do.
0: But, you know, he made it through. So.
1: Yeah. He's still pretty fit, too.
0: Yeah. And he goes into talking about meeting his grandmaster, his yeah. teacher, and just his, like, early days of getting into a different mindset.
1: Yeah, because he, like, trained in martial arts in the beginning. It's probably why he went to him in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then the guy started teaching him different things, like he learned how to detox and meditate and all this other kind of stuff.
0: Right. It was interesting to hear about. It was. Because when we were first shown this different Eric, he showed up on a season of The Challenge, Mm -hmm. and he looked like a completely different person. Yeah. And had a completely different vibe. and. He looked Jesus-esque because he had like long hair (laughs) and he was wearing like these white flowy tunics, you know, (laughs) Um, and with no real explanation as to how he went from the grind Eric to this Eric. And so it was interesting to kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. And hopefully they dig into it more because I'm still curious.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they will because it it kind of seems like that's his whole life now. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we're hanging out in the living room slash kitchen because Heather's cooking and making drinks for happy hour with Heather B. And they're talking about how the radiator's clinking. <laughs> I just thought that was funny because they're like, I feel like I'm in my old dorm room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is something that I never experienced growing up because we didn't have radiators down here, or at least not at my house or any of my friends' houses. In I feel like some it's of a my, northern thing.
1: Yeah. Some of my, not the house that I mainly grew up in, but I know before then, I think there were radiators, but I'm trying to think. I I don't think there were any in my house. It was older, but I think they had pulled the radiators out. Or no, no, there was one, I think, but it didn't work.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's just the age of the house or if it's also location. Yeah. I think that Brandon and Sarah's house is the first place that I ever really saw one.
1: Yeah, there was one at my mom and dad's house, but it was built in like 1915 or something like that.
0: Yeah, and theirs is 1800s. Yeah,
1: but like my dad's house was built probably in the... 50s, and it didn't have one.
0: I just thought that was funny. And then they were kind of going back and forth on who had the loudest room in the house. Yeah. And Becky's like talking about how you can hear all the street noise from her room and they're (laughs) all just like, shut up, Becky. Yeah.
1: I think there's (laughs) definitely some room envy going
0: on there. Yeah. There's a lot of tension around the room situation.
1: I wonder how it was decided that she got that room.
0: I think she just Did she just take it? Yeah, and she, you know, although there are two beds in there, so I don't know why no one else is sleeping in there with her.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's not fair.
0: It's not (laughs) fair.
1: It's not fair.
0: So Heather is making a drink that she's calling the roommate. Yeah. And she said it's got a little vodka, a little grapefruit, a little strawberry, a little lemonade. Now I want to make one.
1: I'll have to try out the roommate recipe. I wonder if she advertised it anywhere as far as what the recipe is.
0: Yeah, we should go look at her YouTube channel and see if it's up there. Yeah.
1: She's also whipping up some jerk asparagus.
0: Yes, she is.
1: Which I didn't used to like asparagus, but you cook it in such a way that I really like it. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for making it.
0: Makes your pee smell lovely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only for some people.
0: Oh, that's right. It's
1: It's a genetic thing.
0: Isn't that weird? It is weird. I smell it. Do you? I do, too. Sorry to be gross. Gross. But But I I think- people can relate.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't know what jerk asparagus is. Though. What does that well, mean? Well, jerk
0: is like a Caribbean, it's spicy. I used to get jerk chicken at Bahama Breeze. Okay. in Orlando, just like in a touristy area and stuff, but we used to go there for birthdays and stuff like that.
1: But it's like spicy?
0: Yeah, it has a kick to it, okay. but like a sweet spicy.
1: Oh, I might like that.
0: That's really good. So then Becky is singing a song that she wrote to her roommates that she had written before the real world, and she starts to tell her story. About her experiences with John Lennon. Yes. (laughs) We talked about this a little bit on our initial episode. We didn't go into it too much because, you know, I don't want to judge and it is what it is. But she decided to open up about how it came to be and that she was in college and they were hanging out in their dorm when they started playing with a Ouija board and they channeled the spirit of John Lennon.
1: Yeah. I mean, she put it out there like he was sitting there talking to her.
0: And she said that he would show up later. He would teach her things about songwriting. Yeah. And it wasn't that she was a big Beatles fan or anything. He was just a person mm-hmm. that was there.
1: It just happened to be John Lennon.
0: Songwriter to songwriter. And she tells them that, or well, Julie asks, and she tells them that he was there when they were filming The <laughs> Real World. Yeah. And that.
1: <laughs> Julie's like, we could have used a heads up there.
0: It was kind of funny because you could see everyone's faces, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're trying not to be rude. (laughs) Right. And like even Eric, like he's kind of smirking, but he's not. But he's he's like more into this stuff than probably any of the other roommates as far as like otherworldly type things.
1: I'd say Andre is the opposite spectrum from Eric.
0: Right. On that front. Although I feel like he still handled it. Well, because he was saying, listen, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in anything, and I definitely don't believe in ghosts, and I don't believe that John Lennon... I mean, he was saying this in a confessional. Well, he said part of it to her, but in the confessional, he's like, I don't think John Lennon wants anything to do with you, Becky. Exactly. (laughs) He's like, and it's not a Becky thing, it's a John Lennon thing. Right. But he was just saying to her, I do believe that songwriters get inspiration Mm -hmm. and they feel like it just comes to them out of nowhere so I see where you might think that like he's trying to be understanding while still kind of being a little Condescending, I guess.
1: Yeah. But she butts up against that. And that's where she's like, no, I mean, I was just sitting there having a conversation with him.
0: Right. She's very matter of fact about it. Like she's yeah, not going she to is. be she's not going to back down about it. And, you know, then you got the comedy from Heather who's running around with Sage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: she's like, oh, what am I going to do with you people? And then Julie's just like, I really wish you would have told us that, you know, we had a guest in our room, you know, and her confessional and all that is, yeah. really, is pretty funny, too. Julie was cracking me up this episode. But Eric did come in and make Becky feel a little better. He did. At the end of that. So that was nice.
1: He said that's right in his wheelhouse. Yes. Which makes sense because it is.
0: Right. They did ask her if he was still with her. And she said, no, he had left in 2002.
1: 2002. He's been gone for a little while now.
0: So then they're just chit-chatting about, I think, just the show and who they thought the first person cast for the show was.
1: Yes. But right before that, we start seeing that this roommate drink was very strong.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) You
1: start to notice the cast (laughs) loosening up a little bit. Yep. But anyways, go ahead.
0: Becky thinks it's Julie. Heather thinks it's Eric. And then Julie's like, I know who it is. It was me. Yeah. (laughs) So they did kind of build the show around Julie.
1: Yeah. And she brings up the point that like she's a person that hadn't done anything yet and everybody else had done something. Right.
0: And we talked about this before, how all of the other roommates already lived in the area. They were already doing their thing, mm-hmm. you know, working towards their goal or, yeah. or already living their dream or whatever, not living their dream, but in act- some way, actively pursuing.
1: Yeah, they were like established in some way, Heather shape or had form. been signed. Right. Eric
0: was a working model, yeah. you know, things like that. Norman had an art studio. Like, yeah. They were doing stuff. And
1: then you bring in this fish out of water. Who right. hasn't done anything.
0: Who wants to be a professional dancer. Yeah. You know, she's never been to New York City. She's never left Alabama. Right. You know, so. Becky
1: didn't agree with that, though.
0: Yeah. Becky's like, no, I was struggling. I wasn't on the path to success. Like she was kind of. Yes. Defensive about that. But Julie didn't mean it in a mean way. Like, I think Becky just wanted to be argumentative because Julie was just like, I'm just saying, I feel like they wanted to really make it seem like I was a fish out of water. which right. She was. Yeah. You know, and who, who had no idea what she was doing.
1: Becky had established herself at least a little bit, you know. Right.
0: And also, like, Becky knew how to use the subway. Yeah. Like, Julie didn't know how to do any of that. It exactly. Was, I think that's what Julie was getting at. I think so, too. And speaking of all of their drinking, they <laughs> take a shot for Eric.
1: They do, in yeah. In the end.
0: And then they all go into the confessional. And this is definitely the favorite moment for both of us. Absolutely. Because we were cracking up, like tears. I actually, I did have tears. I did cry (laughs) of laughter because, oh my gosh, they're in there. They're talking about how much they miss New York City. And Julie's like, yes, the eighth roommate. Mm -hmm. And then we go into Julie's speech.
1: She goes on a rant, an epic rant.
0: And this is so not anything we ever would have seen from Julie back in the day. So it made it even more hilarious.
1: She was off the chain.
0: You going to tell us what she said? All right, here we go. We may have to bleep some of this. Yes.
1: <laughs> what about all you poor other f-ing casts that had to be in another city? Some kind of bull- <laughs> city. Poor you. <laughs> you. With Flip a big
0: middle finger.
1: At least we got the best city. Son of a. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you see Norm, and then yeah. his face is just like big eyes like, "Oh, my gosh, I cannot believe she's saying this, and then you see Heather, who is laying in the floor behind the couch, dying laughing.
1: dying, laughing.
0: It is hilarious. it
1: was so funny we
0: we watched it a few times we did. I actually want to go watch it again right now. <laughs> Thank you, Julie.
1: Thank you, Julie
0: and then <laughs> after this, they're in a bedroom. Norman is in there with Heather and Julie, and he is having. Cupcakes and whiskey because he is trying to conjure up what he calls a revenge. (laughs) He's going to take a crap because he's so mad at Becky in her bathroom. Yeah. In the executive suite. (laughs) He's still going on and on about how pissed off he is about that. And then it's like the end of the night. And it's just this little moment where Julie and Heather are talking. Yeah. And they're not even talking about anything. They're just chatting in the
1: confessional, right? Right.
0: Is it in the confessional or is it in the bedroom?
1: Oh, I thought it was in the confessional because they were on that like couch, oh, but then. I might be wrong. Maybe I, I maybe I maybe I, I couldn't really tell where, that was. where they, they were, were. They were around a camera somewhere. Yeah.
0: But they're just like, you can tell that they're kind of whispering because they yeah. just think it's between them. And then Julie's like, I think we both need to realize something right now. I think that camera's still rolling.
1: And they then both. they both look at the camera. Slow turn. And it shuts off. It <laughs>
0: seems so dramatic. Yeah.
1: That was funny. <laughs> But what they were chatting about was Norman, I think, in general and how he was like snoring. And that's funny because like right after that, we cut to... The living room, like the main living room. Yeah. And Norman is snoring. But everybody's like sleeping down there, which was confusing for us.
0: Yeah, we were really confused because there are more bedrooms. But it looked like they were having a slumber party in the living room complaining about Becky. Right. In her room. It
1: didn't make a lot of sense, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get more information later.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just kind of ended up there that night because they were so wrecked.
1: That's a good point. (laughs) That might have happened.
0: But they definitely woke up, and Norman is still complaining about how
1: how he slept. And <laughs> yeah. He's still
0: mad at Becky. They go into talking a little bit about I don't know if we kind of passed a whole day because I don't. They're having a conversation in the living room again. I don't know what time of day it was.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell what time. I don't think
0: was. they were drinking. No, I think they were. I feel like Heather had wine. I'm not sure, but Becky's talking about how she had, as an adult, lived with her dad for ten years. Mm-hmm. And they were very close and he led her to this like energy healer lifestyle.
1: Yeah, she does like a new form of medicine, as she put it. It's the levishov method of healing.
0: Yeah, she studied with a theoretical physicist and a master healer, Nikolai Levishev. Yeah. So she just touches a little bit on that and is talking about her dad and how Norm had gone and hung out with her dad and how much her dad loved Norm. And so it was just nice to hear a little bit more about their relationship and how they had really remained friends throughout.
1: Yeah. Then it flips over and the can I kick it music jumps right in.
0: What a great soundtrack.
1: It was. And that jumps over to Eric getting his care package from the cast. Yes. Which was a lot of fun.
0: We also see him dancing. hmm And let me tell you, I think he's... He's definitely a long way off from the grind days yeah. when he could really get down. Cause he seemed, he's forgotten his moves. <laughs> yeah, he seems to have lost his rhythm.
1: In that care package, Norman sent him the Dr. Seuss hat from the first show.
0: Yes.
1: Which was great to see.
0: I love that. And
1: they showed some clips of people wearing it back in the day, and then Eric had it on.
0: Yeah, and also there was a bunch of healthy stuff, some... Peppers that Eric just takes out and immediately just bites into a yellow pepper. And there was a bunch of fruit and stuff like that. Heather had sent him some stuff from her line. And then I think that they were all coming together because then they get an incoming message. that's basically a conversation starter. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like this. It's like the producers are producing. They're like, hey, we need you to talk about this thing that happened on your season.
1: And they're upfront about it. Yeah. I like that. Me too. This leads into a very long and... Heated conversation between Becky and Kevin. Yes. Once again,
0: they show them a clip, pretty much the entire scene from I think really the only heated discussion that the two of them had. had yeah. On the first season, but it's it's awkward mm-hmm. to watch them watch it. You know, it was. And Kevin's actually holding the phone so Eric can see it. Right. As he's watching, it definitely made my stomach tense up yeah. because I was like, oh, to be sitting in that room, it was tense. It was. Can you, did you write down what the screen said? I did. Before they showed the clip, it said this.
1: Incoming message. Nearly 30 years ago, you had some of the most important conversations on television right here in this loft. Turns out these conversations are just as relevant and necessary today. And that was the end of the message.
0: And, you know, there were some apologies and Kevin did express that. He, you know, definitely had to go to therapy and learn how to listen and learn that there are different ways to communicate how you feel. He had said that that was the first time he had seen that back because he never watched it because being on the show was very traumatic for him. Yeah, And just the feedback and the backlash that he got from his community because of his actions on the show.
1: Yeah, his mother was like terrified. For him. Yeah, for him.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not going to go into... The conversation. Yeah. Because we feel like if you want to delve into that, you can go and watch the show on Paramount Plus or you can watch the original yeah, as well. But I will say that I didn't feel, you know, they kind of left it hanging and it definitely was just as heated.
1: Yeah, nothing nothing had really changed conversationally.
0: Right. They just sounded a little more intellectual about it. They
1: did. (laughs) It it started out a little less heated. Right. It never got to the point that it did in the original one. No. But there's definitely still a difference of opinion there.
0: Yes. And there were (sighs) – Becky was just very interruptive.
1: Yes. And I couldn't tell if that was editing.
0: It could have been editing. But
1: the other cast members – mention it. Yeah,
0: they were commenting on it as well. So
1: I think she probably was. Mm -hmm. And so it shows that maybe one of those people know how to communicate and the other doesn't. Or maybe they both don't know how to communicate with each other. I'm just saying it may be a shared responsibility or one of them is just very difficult to talk to.
0: Right. And it's you know not an easy discussion to have. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of issues that they bring up in there. And so if you want to, go check it out.
0: Yeah. So overall, what did you think about this episode?
1: I liked it. Like you said in the beginning, this was more of an actual episode rather than just a reintroduction. So they kind of got into some things where it was more of a show. Mm -hmm. So I liked it overall. It was, as you've put it, it's like the Becky episode.
0: It was very Becky centric.
1: Yeah. So for me, not my favorite cast member. So, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, she blocked me. So.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But even outside of that, even outside of that, she's just never been... Your favorite. My favorite.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think that there were a lot of fun moments. There were. And we got to see a lot of backstory on Kevin and Heather, and that was nice.
1: great information.
0: And, you know, that Julie confessional (sighs) moment, it might end up being my favorite moment of the whole season. We'll see. We'll We'll see see. if something can top that. Yeah. (laughs) Top that. Sorry, little throwback to... uh, our Teen Witch episode. Teen Witch.
1: Go check it out. <laughs>
0: um, But I definitely am interested to see where this conversation goes and then what spawns off of that. From the previews, it looks like it definitely doesn't die down.
1: Yeah. So they apparently finish the conversation on the next episode and something happens. Yeah. Whether or not that's editing, I don't know. We'll They're see. They're
0: teasing us that someone is leaving. It, yeah. And I don't know who it is. I'm going to guess that it's Becky.
1: I can align with you on that. I okay. think that may be the case.
0: But... I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, I'm loving this.
1: Me too. I had a lot of fun watching this episode. I've had a lot of fun with the series so far.
0: And uh, and we'll be back next week covering episode three.
1: Episode three. I can't wait.
0: As always, you know, you can find us on Instagram at we don't wanna grow up pod. You can email us at we don't wanna grow up pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support our podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. We currently are doing pilots on Patreon where we cover the pilot episode of a TV show. So far, we've done Freaks and Geeks, and Mm -hmm. it's a super fun episode. We'll have more to come, so
1: couple weeks from now.
0: Yeah. Look forward to that. Also, we have our cozy club where you let us know about memories from your childhood that make you feel the warm and fuzzies or things that you do now for self-care. We've had a lot of fun getting your submissions. Yeah.
1: It's been really good.
0: It's nice. So thank you for that. And I guess that's it. Take care.
1: Take care.